Hi there. I'm Karen. Thank you for tuning into the Woman Inspired Podcast. That's where you landed. Not sure if you meant to, but I'm glad you're here. Hang with me if you don't mind. I, I hope something I say today, something that's been on my heart and my mind that God has motivated me to come out with will help you or make you think, uh, or maybe it's something you need to share with someone else. Hope so. That's why I'm here. All right. So if you want more info about this podcast, you can hop on out to womaninspired.com, womaninspired.com. And all the details are there about this podcast, my other podcast events, what I speak about, who I am, what I believe, how you can contact me, especially if you're looking for a podcast guest or for someone to speak at your next event. That would be wonderful. I appreciate it. But don't do it right now. Wait, wait until this episode is over. All right. So I'm going to start this episode, which is titled Your Best Life, with some pod quotes. The first one is by I don't know who, unknown. It says, be yourself. The original is always worth more than the copy. I love that. So true. And the next one is by Jim Elliott. Wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt in every situation you believe to be the will of God for your life. I love that because it it really took some, unfortunately, life and death situations for me to have that attitude, to really be all in with this life, to live while I'm alive here on earth, to really live and to live for the Lord. It shouldn't take trauma like that and tragedy to have a testimony or to uh, really wake up. But unfortunately, we're human and for a lot of us, it does. So anyhow, I am not sure about you, but I keep being pummeled like, like just in your face all the time online, in person, in movies, on the radio, and even, yep, even at church with this oh so popular phrase, live your best life, be the best version of yourself you can. Like we should be some other version. But anyway, and and one I heard the other day was, look your best, even if you don't feel your best. As as far as the latter there, uh, look your best, even if you don't feel your best. Let me just say that if I don't feel well, physically, emotionally, or even spiritually, chances are I will not look my best or give one teeny tiny iota whether or not I look my best in the moment. I'm just telling you the facts here. I mean, are there times I could look better than I do? Of course, of course. I think we all have those times. Maybe some of us more frequently than others. And there's nothing wrong with putting effort into this outer shell of this mental, emotional, and spiritual, um, physical miracle that we are. But when someone says, live your best life, or at least try to look your best, are they actually meaning you should look your best or mimic someone else's best? You should live your best life or what the world says is currently the best life on the market today. Hmm. Okay. So now encouraging people to do their best though, and give it their all to not give up and even to, even to look their best. It's nothing new. I've heard these phrases my entire life. What's new or or really what's different the last few years is the emphasis behind the statements being made and the kind of minor tweaks to these meanings that really are insidious in, in my opinion. For example, I used to hear people say, look your best, you're worth it. But that's been replaced with look your best, even if you don't feel 
your best. And typically added into all these little phrases they have out here now that people are continually repeating and using as mantras and, and, and pushing other people to accept is the fake it till you make it tagline. One thing you should know about me, if you're new here, and if you're not new here, you should already know this, <laughs> that I don't fake it. I either make it or I don't. But I'm not going to fake anything. And then, you know, hoping that I'll give off this illusion of being a success and being wow. Well, all the while I run around like a chicken with my head cut off behind the scenes, you know, nose to the grindstone, overworking, underperforming, most likely outside God's will and outside of his timing, all the while pretending I've actually made it and I'm awesome, portraying that I'm something I'm not or that I've already reached someplace I have yet to actually be. You know, there's tons of people out there uh, creating courses and um, master this, master that, a mastermind for this, coaching other people when they've never really done those things. They're just selling a course on it. And then they do become popular over a couple of years for the advice they're giving, which that's great for them. But really what they're purporting is that they already had success when they haven't had success yet. And what they're selling is a package and a philosophy. Maybe sometimes they're selling encouragement and motivation. We all need encouragement and motivation. That's great. But let's not purport to be something we are not or say we've been somewhere we haven't. That's definitely not who I am. You're not going to find me doing that. You see, I believe that there is value on every step. I mean, literally every step, every twist and turn, and, and even every stumble or fall that we make on this journey that God has us on. And if we pretend there are no missteps and there's no stumbles or falls or slowdowns, then we have missed whatever it is God has for us on the way faking it till I make it to the, the next big road sign and the next big hurrah is only going to make the next part of the journey even harder. It will be less fulfilling. And truthfully, most likely it will take me so far off the path that, that I'd need a good kick in the rump to get me back up on the path God intended me to be on. It can really help us miss the the road signs, the guidance from God, the, the say, hey, no, go this way, not that way. If we're so intent and our head is in the middle of faking it and pretending along the way, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss the journey. We're going to miss the blessings and the lessons. You know, I've actually done that in the past for a little bit. I really don't want to go back there. I don't want to miss a thing that God has for me along the way. And I contend that that is not who God calls us to be anyhow, is a faker, is a is a poser, is someone who copies and mimics somebody else. People who are pretending to live their best life and do their best and project their best in in mimicking and mocking uh, when what they're actually doing is copying what the world thinks is best. Not what God thinks is best, but what the world thinks is best. That's not how our creator designed us to be and not how he expects us to act. And I say that in part because in Ephesians 4.25, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. It does not say, therefore, pretend to be someone you're not lying to your neighbor so that you may pretend that you are the same one to another. 
That's not what it says. In Galatians 2.20, it really smacks me in the face when I talk about this subject because it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the Apostle Paul wrote Galatians and this letter to the Galatians, and he's relating to them that he crucified his old sinful ways with Christ and that he no longer lives for himself, but allows Christ who is in him and is a part of him to guide him and show him the right way to live. So the life he lives in the flesh, yes, he lives it in his flesh, but he's letting it be guided by his faith, not the love of the world or the need to please other people. He's being transparent and authentic. He's saying, hey, I was like that, but now I'm like this. And this statement is so contrary to what we see in the world today. It's opposite of what society is telling and teaching adults and kids to be like. You know, I was in the pharmacy the other day looking for a specific lotion. I have celiacs. So I'm pretty conscientious about what I purchase since some lotions and deodorants and makeup have gluten in them as a binder and a preservative. So sometimes it takes me a while to hunt around to find what I'm looking for or to read every label in order to find something new. And as I was there, I could hear the conversation one aisle over from me. It, it sounded like two teenagers talking, you know, one said to the other one, you know, I can't believe Tracy wore that to school today. She's definitely not looking her best. And I can't believe she's expecting to get a date looking like that. I kind of groaned inside when I heard that. Because first off, high school judgment and name calling, oh, it all rings a bell from my past. And yes, I was the non-makeup wearing tomboy, sports loving, shy and quiet one who, who did not have a clue and never got asked out on a date in high school, which was fine by me, except the date part. But anyway, back in the aisle though, in the pharmacy the other day, back to today, <laughs> back to the now, not the high school. All right. Anyhow, the other girl said in response to her, well, I thought she looked pretty good, but she really needs to wear more makeup so she can cover up those flaws. She obviously doesn't know how to do her makeup the right way because yeah, she could look like a model in her face if she did it the right way. I was thinking about seeing if she'd let me do her makeup for her. And the first girl said in response to her, we can all look like models. I wouldn't help her if I were you. There's no reason anyone should look so drab and not look their best every single day. There's just no excuse except laziness. I groaned inside again. So let me tell you how I looked that day when I was one aisle over from these teenagers. I was standing there reading labels, what little hair I have left on my head what little hair I had left, was pulled in a knot on the top of my head. <clears throat> no makeup, which is typically my norm when I'm going out and just doing whatever. I, I rarely ever wear makeup, honestly. So I had sweats and a t-shirt on, right? So no makeup, sweats and t-shirt on, hair pulled up on the knot in my head. I didn't care. I just kind of smiled to myself and whispered, thank you, God, for bringing me to the place in my life that I don't care about being anyone but myself. I don't care if I wear makeup or not. I do it when I want to and not because I feel like I have to. Thank you, Jesus. And then I said a little prayer for their very young, naive, worldly viewpoints. So, so as I was doing that, I could hear them chatting some more. I was kind of tuning them out though at that point. Um, and they made their way around to my aisle. I looked up and saw that 
these two girls were not girls. They were full-fledged women, most likely in their 40s, although who could tell because, well, they look like they just finished watching a makeup tutorial on TikTok. Just <laughs> that's the way it was. So I actually recognized one of them and I said hi as they passed by. She was a young teacher when my son was in middle school 13 years ago. So that's why I'm saying I think she was in her 40s. So my guess is they were both teachers and they were talking about another staff member at the school where they worked. So as they passed, they continued on with their conversation, this time talking about makeup and looking for the right concealers and some, you know, currently popular shiny glow makeup and an and eyebrow stencil so one of them could properly draw on a fake eyebrow. Now, don't get me wrong. We all have the freedom to wear makeup and wear whatever we want. But just because something is permissible doesn't mean that it's beneficial for us. Let me put that in there. And that's not for me. That's from the Bible. So I say this in particular, though, in particular reference to the makeup, because the one lady said, I have to find a concealer that that new freckle makeup will stay on and look right. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're familiar, but lately there's been a trend on social media where girls with perfectly pure, clear porcelain skin are apparently not happy with their clear complexion. So they're using makeup to add a spray of freckles across their nose and their cheeks. Yeah, seriously. You know, they should have watched the Brady Bunch when Jan wanted to get rid of her freckles. But anyhow, and here is this 40 something woman who sadly was somehow convinced that looking her best had to include covering her facial flaws, right? She was covering her facial flaws with concealer, highlighter, bronzer, blush, eyeshadow, stenciled on eyebrows, all to look just so, but then felt she had to fake freckles on her face. Because as her friend ironically said, oh, definitely, if you use the concealer, then the shine powder with the freckle makeup on top of it, and then use a setting spray, you will look so natural. <laughs> <laughs> I literally stood there and giggled the irony of it, the irony of it. Now I know people who have like tons of freckles. I have lots of freckles on my arms. I used to have them on my face. They've, they've kind of faded. Um, freckles are beautiful. I was taught that I was taught that growing up. Uh, everyone is beautiful. Everybody just looks different, but they were trying to look like something they weren't. Um, it, but the, I just had to giggle at the irony of it that, that, she just listed all the things they were going to put over their face so that they could look natural. <laughs> it just cracked me up. Um, five layers of products to look quote unquote natural. And, and so here I was giggling. I was thinking, I recall um, hearing and reading about in the forties and fifties, how actresses used to fake moles on their face as a beauty mark. So they would look like Marilyn Monroe. And I think Madonna used to do that when she was younger as well. I giggled as this picture popped into my head of swarms of people using makeup to, to now put fake pimples and blackheads on their face in an effort to look more natural. <laughs> so, hey, I wouldn't put it past the beauty trends to come up with that too. So these ladies didn't seem to notice, notice me giggling. I, I'm not altogether sure. Although later when I saw them in the store, they kind of glared at me, looking me up and down. And I don't know if it was because of how I looked or because I giggled in the aisle way. I don't know. Either way, I was fine with it. I just smiled and went on my way. So even though I laughed at the irony of their statements, 
these women in their 40s actually represent a sad, prevalent attitude across society, in and out of the church, that in order to live our best life, we must look supposedly our best, right? We must look it. If we're not looking like we're living our best life, we're not living our best life. Whether we feel our best or not, we somehow have been commissioned by the world to present as if we are living our best life, looking our best and winning at all times. And if not, we should be doing one of two things to explain to the world why we are not. One, we should be getting on social media and sharing our plan to do better because we owe it to the world. I mean, what latest greatest vitamin are we taking? What diet and exercise plan are we on so that we'll lose weight? So we'll look better. What exercises specifically are we doing? We have to make sure to film ourselves doing them and proclaiming that we will show the the before and after pictures to encourage others to also live their best life. And and or number 2, we can confess in a video or a statement that we write on social media or on a blog, how broken we are and how we got to this point and let people know that they can relate to us and the, the journey we're on. And shortly thereafter, posting the pics of our new and improved outlook and fake look. So now by no means does this apply to everyone on social media, but there are real issues here that have invaded not just teens, but adults across our culture. No longer are we declaring that God made us who we are and that we're thankful for it. People are instead declaring through their actions and their conversations and their oversharing on social media that who God made them to be is not good enough. We are not okay the way we were made and we all must, must, must keep up with the Joneses. We must all look alike. Same kind of hair, same kind of intense, flawless makeup, that's done no matter who we are and what age we are. I can't tell you how many 50 year olds and above on social media are out there creating videos of how great they look, how much energy they have and what they've accomplished as if they're in competition with everyone, including people younger than they are. Do I admire the menopausal women who can do a TikTok dance um, challenge, one of those dance challenge things and drink five gallon, five gallons of water a day and fit into yoga pants that wouldn't fit on my one leg. No, not really. I used to maybe if they were just someone I knew and this was their life and they were living it out to their fullest as God's called them to, then yeah, I'd be like, go for it. But it saddens me to see so many women seemingly feel the need to make a post proving who they are to the world. Listen to me, ladies, you have nothing to prove and your best should be your best, not what the world says is supposed to be your best. You are amazing the way you are with or without a digital trail proving it to anyone. Now, this is no slam against exercise or makeup or looking good. This is about the philosophy and worldly call to action that's really been thrown down to not just keep up with the Joneses, but also the Kardashians. You know, long before the Kardashians were worldwide recognized names, they had declared themselves the ones to keep up with just by how they titled their TV show. And sadly, many women across the globe took up the challenge and decided to try it. Plumping their lips, plumping their butt, you know, putting one of those waist trainers on their waist to make their waist smaller, 
putting extensions in their hair so they look like Kim Kardashian. And another ironic thing is that this flies right in the face of the mantra being thrown out there at us, doesn't it? Think about it. We're being told to look our best, live our best life. But at the same time, we're being told to mimic someone else's life, live our life according to theirs, look like they do. How is patterning our lives after someone else's actually going to create our own best life? Unless it's Jesus's life we're patterning. Are you truly living your best life if you're trying to keep up with someone else's or even live the exact same life as somebody else because you think their life is better? Are you looking your best if what you're doing is putting on eyebrows and eyelashes that are not yours because you think yours are not good enough? Does being the best you, you can be really mean that you're supposed to do what someone else does because what they're doing looks so good and society understands it and admires it? Or hang with me here. Does being the best you instead include doing what God has called you to do, what he has called you to be? If you're going to live your best life, then you need to seriously consider living in a way that makes sure you have crucified the old self like Paul did. Crucify the old people-pleasing, must-fit-in, gotta-look-like-everyone-else-and-act-like-everyone-else attitude to, to the cross. Crucify it with Jesus. When someone sees you, your outward and inward person, do they see a copycat of a, a social media star or do they see Jesus? Didn't the Pharisees in the Bible care all about how they looked? Did they look pious enough? Were they praying in the streets for everyone to see? They were definitely legalistic about morality and wanting every appearance of righteousness. They prayed the same things over and over because it sounded good. It sounded right to them. It was what the Jewish and religious culture at large expected of them. And they knew this. Sadly, I know Christians today who are the same way. They pray flowery prayers with the same content nearly every time they pray out of tradition and or because it sounds correct and it sounds good and pleasing to the ears. They care more about sounding a certain way or presenting themselves a certain way when they're praying in public than the actual intent and heartfelt message to God in their prayers. And for some people, including those Pharisees, it's not about the content or the intent, it's more about how they project themselves to other people. And it happens all over, not just in my little corner of the world. People are getting caught up in how things look rather than the truth deep down inside. Matthew 23, 14 through 15 tells us this. It is bad for you, teachers of the law and proud religious law keepers, you who pretend to be someone you are not. You take houses from poor women whose husbands have died. Then you try to cover it up by making long prayers. You will be punished all the more because of this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded... You make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. That's some pretty serious stuff there. What a statement, right? And at Matthew 23, 25, there's really a good synopsis of what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law at that time were like. It says, it is bad for you, teachers of the law and proud religious law keepers. You who pretend to be someone you are not. 
You clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but leave the inside full of strong, bad desires and are not able to keep from doing sinful things. You blind, proud, religious law keepers, clean the inside of the cup and plate, then the outside will be clean also. Isn't that what we're doing when we care more about our outward appearance and how we look to other people than we do about what's going on inside us? We clean the outside of the cup, but not the inside. We figure if we look like we're flawless, then that's pretty much as good as being flawless, right? If we look like we're spiritual with a cross on our neck, an inspirational bumper sticker on the car, and, and we attend church every single Sunday, um, you know, makeup just so, hair quaffed, lips lined, looking just right, spreading our half hugs and air kisses all over the place to make sure that people know without a shadow of a doubt that we're loving and we're kind. Then we have just proven that we're daughters of the King, right? If we act this way and look this way, we're daughters of the King. We're Christ chicks. We're godly gals. But all the while, how many of us are all cleaned up on the outside, but dirty, stained, feeling horrible inside, crying, dying, hurting, afraid, and unwilling to show it, unwilling to clean the inside of us, unwilling to admit, admit the truth that we need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need fellowship. We need the inside to match the outside. We need the inside to be clean. And then if we did, what we would exude to the outside would cover up all those flaws that we have, people wouldn't be seeing you and, and whether you're losing your hair or your hair is grain or if you have extra weight on or, or, or if you're not perfect looking, right? We need the inside to match the outside, not just so we don't appear to be hypocrites, but so we're not hypocrites because we genuinely don't want to spin our wheels on frivolous pursuits like keeping up with the Joneses or the Kardashians, and because we desperately want someone to share with us how to be the women of God we're called to be. Not perfect, mind you, just real. That doesn't mean you can't sport a nice pair of jeans, line your lips and, and your eyes, enjoy looking nice and feeling good. It means that we all have to work on cleaning the inside just as much as the outside probably even more. So the inside matches the outside. So what's inside overflows and pours out because that's, that's, that's what matters most. You can have a beautiful heart and a passion for Jesus and walk upright in every area of your life and still have raggedy looking hair. You can be everything God calls you to be and never wear makeup a day in your life. It's okay. You can love Jesus. You can go on mission trips and serve wherever he calls you every single day of your life and still hold some extra weight around the middle and have raging hormones. What you cannot do is live like hell inside, be dirty inside, push God away, deny Jesus, enjoy all the things Jesus tells us to hate and turn away from him. Yet razzle-dazzle yourself with expensive clothes, bronzer, concealer, radical slimming diets, and expensive clothes, and expect that looking so fine, so clean and prim on the outside will make up for what you lack on the inside. There is no amount of concealer that you can put on your face that will conceal who you really are from the Lord and eventually from the people around you. Again, you can project that you're living your best life, but your intent and your content matter most. You know, when I was a youth pastor, 
One Wednesday night, we talked about how great things can look on the outside, but how they can actually be very wrong on the inside. Situations, opportunities, churches, even people. But some of the youth weren't getting it. So the following Sunday, instead of bringing in donuts and cinnamon rolls to Sunday school, I brought home, I brought homemade um, brownies. Oh, they oohed and awed over the brownies. As one of the staunch disbelieving teens was kind of biting into his brownie, I brought up the lesson from the previous Wednesday and I said, did anyone have time to think about how important it is that we make sure our insides look as good as our outsides? That God wants us to make sure that what we contain inside is true, is quality, it's good, it's eternal, and it's blessed. And this always cantankerous teenager who was eating the brownie said, what matters most is that I look my best because if I look good, people see good and it makes them feel good. Now, that is not that dissimilar a statement to what I heard someone say just the other day on an Instagram post. Uh, They actually said, you owe it to the world to look your best because when you do, they see the best. And we live in a world that needs the best of everything right now. Yeah, very similar to what this teenager said. But my response to the teenager um, was, oh, so you mean like the brownies? They look like the best brownies ever. They look so good. They smell good and probably taste great. He said, now you're getting it. And I said, oh, okay. So how they look is far more important than what they contain. It's more important than what's on the inside of them. Like the dark chocolate, the sugar, the eggs, the dog poop from my backyard. Uh, Those things don't matter because the brownies look so good on the outside, right? The whole room went crazy. No. Oh my gosh, you didn't do that. Oh my gosh, did you do that? I mean, the the one kid spit the brownie out and threw it through the rest of it across the room. He was, he was ticked off. I quickly, quickly told everyone, no, I did not do that. And I picked up one of the brownies and bit into it to prove to them it was fine. And they, they all calmed down and we discussed the point that I was trying to make. Even this very, uh, cantankerous teenager got it after that. You see, we weren't made to look like anything other than who we were made to be by our creator. And we were made in his image. The real issue comes down to the fact that so many people in this world have no idea who they are in the first place. And most likely they don't know who Jesus is either. So they don't know whose they are. And yet they're going around thinking, hey, if I look my best, even if it's copying that someone else's best, then that might help to find who I actually am. And sadly, it eventually does. But we have it backwards. Defining who you are needs to come from the inside first, not the outside. It doesn't matter what your age is, how much money you have, whether you have porcelain skin or freckled face. It doesn't matter what size you are, how thin or thick your hair is, whether you wear makeup or you don't. You can still live your best life, but only if you're willing to live your life, the life that God gave you, walking the path that he has for you, not copying the world by trying to make your life and your best life look like someone else's. I pray today that you do desire to live the best life you can live and be the best you that you can be because God made you for a reason. Just please remember that we were each made uniquely 
And while we all have things in common and we were all made in God's image, we were all also made as individuals. Your best will not be the same as my best and our best should not be defined by the world. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. I would love it if you would share this podcast with someone else and like, follow, be sure and comment. I would love that. Thank you and have a very blessed week. <music>